this intro story, I'm continuing the trend I've had lately of not finding the most interesting of <laughs> intro stories. But let's make gold out of this dirt. Yep, that's an expression. This article comes out of Sky News UK. And they do not credit their writers because they suck. They're journalists. Uh, Sky News. <laughs> I used to respect Sky News a lot and think, oh, yeah, they're a really quality premium news service. But over the last couple of years, I'm just like, this is They're just Fox. Bad. They're literally just Fox in Australia. American Fox, Fox News Fox. in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everyone's angry and yeah very boomer you know that mm. boomer pissed off slant about absolutely everything it's almost like murdoch media has a bit of an agenda i don't know but anyway let's see if there's an agenda with this news story pink famous artist pink not the actual color the artist who sings songs was left stunned after a fan threw their mother's ashes on stage while she performed <gasps> oh, in London. The singer fucked. was taken aback at the BST Hyde Park Festival during a rendition of a hit, Just Like a Pill. Fans had previously thrown gifts on stage for, for her, but this latest sparked a different reaction. In a video from the gig, the 43-year-old is seen hesitantly picking up the bag of human remains thrown on stage. Pink proceeds to ask the fan, This is your mum? She continues... I don't know how I feel about this. The pop star then places the bag back down on stage and continues to finish the song. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, God, that's absolutely bizarre. <laughs> I don't criticize Pink's actions in that. You, like, she's there to perform and she's doing her job and something mm. insane and incomprehensible just happens. So, like, mm. regardless of whether or not she handled it appropriately or not, like... Something insane happened and she just reverted back to professionalism and, you know, continued on with her job. My God, that's bizarre. Yeah, look, I I guess whoever this fan was just wanted to get the party started on a Saturday night. You know, everyone was waiting for her mum to arrive. (laughs) So, she threw the ashes onto the stage. God. So, (laughs) Is there any, do we know any context about, like, from the fan side, you know, did the mum love pink? Um, No no more context other than what I've told you. Oh, no. Uh, Apparently, pink, after doing that, did say, so what, I'm still a rock star. So, (laughs) yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) My God. Absolutely ghoulish. Look, I hope it wasn't, I hope it was just, you know, someone being unhinged and edgy, but not actually using their deceased loved one's ashes. Because um, that's that's pretty... Gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. But it's, it's you know, it's not just um, a physical um, act that you've done against another person's will with chucking it at someone. But there's, the, there's a weird psychological and, hey, maybe even spiritual issue going on there. Like... Uh, you know, I'm not a spiritual person, but I wouldn't begrudge someone that has spiritual beliefs um, being quite concerned about having someone's ashes thrown on them. Look, you know, I guess if you're there and you're at the concert and you have your mother's ashes with you, why wouldn't you try? I'm sure that, you know, there would have been other people there with their ashes holding them in their hand, ready to throw, just saying, just give me a reason. 
And they're probably all there thinking, what about us? Why can't we throw our ashes? I just, I, I Googled all those song names. I, yeah, I, did I only know two peak songs. I know that you're doing a bit and hopefully someone is getting value out of it because I actually follow pink songs. I only know the really popular ones that are, you know, played on the radio all the time. Yeah, I definitely had to Google that. I did not know those you, off the you know top of my head. You know what's weird though? Um, last night I saw the cricket, the ashes is on playing at the moment and I thought, I, I did think about cremated ashes. I didn't make any further thoughts than that. I just thought, oh, ashes. When I saw ashes on screen, I'm like, oh, cremated ashes. Oh, no, it's the ashes, right. And then I moved on, and then this happened. Do you think that the cricket, the ashes, is somehow linked to this madness? Well, the ashes didn't start until after World War Two, and the reason why is it was in honour of all the fallen soldiers. They would literally drop the ashes of the thousands of soldiers. Jesus over Christ, the where are you going with this? Are you sure? <laughs> no, that was it. I was. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Hello and welcome to News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. Lockie, thanks for being here, my friend. How's it going? It is going very well. I should probably mention my name's my name's Zach as well. Oh, hi, Zach. Oh, nice to meet you for the first time ever. Um, Fuck up that intro after a thousand times doing it. My God. How you doing, Lockie? I'm going very well, Mr. Zach. It's very nice to meet you. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm glad to be on the podcast. Um, uh, So you being the host and and us never having met before, I guess you probably have your own way of doing things. So how would you like to get this party started? Hey, on a Saturday night. Well, I should mention it's going to be a little bit of a quicker episode because mm-hmm. I got shit to do this weekend. So we're going to be pumping through it and it kind of worked out well because it's not the biggest week of news. But before look, before we get into oh. the gaming news, just very quickly, if you like news to reviews, if you enjoy the show, pretty please leave us a rating or review wherever you happen to listen to the podcast. It's the best way you can help us get into the ears of more peeps. Or just generally, if you like any podcaster out there and you want to make them feel the warms and fuzzies on the inside and show that you appreciate their work, that's the best way and the easiest way, the freest way to help them out. With that being said, how about we jump on into the gaming news there, Lockie? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Choo-choo. This first story comes out of gamesindustry.biz and is written by Jeffrey Russell? Russo? So we're going with Russo. The Last of Us Part 2 and Horizon Forbidden West were both north of $200 million in development costs for Sony. As reported by The Verge, the details from PlayStation were shared in the documentation during the ongoing FTC versus Microsoft hearing. Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part 2 was created at $220 million with nearly 200 staffers. Meanwhile, Guerrilla Games' Horizon Forbidden West set back Sony $212 million 
with 300 employees on the project. The document also revealed that 1 million PlayStation console users spent 100% of their playing time playing Call of Duty. It also implies that the shooter franchise accounted for $800 million of revenue for Sony in 2021 alone. Additionally, the document states that the 2023 Call of Duty title is the last in PlayStation's exclusive marketing contract with Activision. Now... Obviously, yeah, all the FTC bullshit's going on at the moment. They're in court right now. So, literally, all the news is all these little tidbits from this whole trial. Now, I'm so Goodness me, it's FTC. It. That'll only oh. work for people in Australia. I don't know if it's broader as well. <laughs> FTC, for me, stands for forget troubles and crap, I guess, because I hate it. I'm over it. I'm sick of hearing about it. I, I just want it to be done at this point. And, and all the fucking bullshit back and forth we keep hearing, all this posturing, all this talking out of one side of their mouths and saying, not saying what they mean and saying what they need just to get this deal through or to stop the deal from going through. I'm just so over it. I just want it to be done. <laughs> but every now and again, we get these little Oh, you're over of- it, Zach. Oh, you're over that. I'm so bored. I, I've, got, like- I've got really bad news for you. That's kind of how the world works. I know it's going to keep going. I'm just saying I don't. I I'm don't not saying care, it's a good thing. I'm not condoning it, but it's just kind of like, yeah. Who would have thought that that publicly people might say one thing and think another? It particularly when they're representing those companies in those. Scenarios. I'm not saying this because I'm shocked. It's just it, like if you follow this, there's so many people who are going, oh, Phil Spencer said that Call of Duty is going to be on PlayStation for the next 10 years. And they're taking it like it means anything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then you know, Jim Ryan will say, oh, you know, Xbox is, is you know, beating us in cloud. So, they're the greatest and we're, we're scared and we're tiny, which is obviously not the case as well. But everyone just, it, it just annoys me. Yeah. Like, the, everyone out there seems to take it all on its face and it shouldn't be taken at all. <laughs> the only thing we should give a fuck about is what it actually, what, what the actual result is of this court case. Yeah. But every now and again, we get these little nuggets of gold, these little peaks behind the curtain that give us some interesting uh, interesting knowledge about how games are made and, and some of the stuff that happens on the back end. And, you know, we've always known that Sony spends a fuck ton on their games. You can see it right there on the screen. The Last of Us Part Two look fucking ridiculous. But it, this is the first time we've ever actually got like a, a solid number of how much it actually costs to make these ridiculous AAA top tier titles and yeah 220 million for the last of us part two and this isn't including marketing so once you throw in marketing the amount of money they're spending on these games uh you know equivalent to fucking marvel movies and shit it's insane um and then yeah the fact that they make 800 million dollars in one year off call of duty a franchise they don't even own that's all from their 30 percent take they get whenever once a, a, a copy sold on playstation or whenever a microtransaction goes through the store so yeah fucking wild so yeah look Lo- lucky what do you think about this little peek behind the curtain that we got here yeah i think uh it goes to show that AAA games are on the same scale as blockbuster movies um sounds like they, they've all sort of fallen into um, that that category. And it makes sense. Um, 
it, it must be absolutely devastating when you get a major flagship game to get middling or, or low reviews because I know, you know, Last of Us Part 2, there's a lot of controversy around that um, because I think the story largely centered around a trans character, if I'm not mistaken, and um, mm. a lot of people just absolutely review bombed on that basis. Um, it was a bit rough. Yeah, there was a few people reasons why people review bomb. The trans character wasn't yeah. actually a, a major character, uh, but all the major characters were based, or most of the major, the, the two characters yeah. you play as were women. So a lot of people yeah, did have a problem with that because people suck, of course. This is the thing. I only read some of the review, those little snapshot reviews on Metacritic because I saw the score getting review bombed and I knew it was a big game. And the way that you read those user reviews, it seems like, oh, the story is about that and uh, completely about that. It's all centered around that and I don't like that. So, um, you know, zero out of 10 where it's like- yep huge amount of money effort hopefully a little bit of love was poured into these games if you're on the development side of things you'd just be crying yeah it's, it's literally just that they're, they're i'd argue a lot of these people haven't even played the game <laughs> it's just yeah. they heard there's an lgbtq in there no we can't have politics in our games no <laughs> have you heard so. have you heard the term go what what is it go go woke go broke oh Yes, unfortunately, I have heard that term. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. It's a bit worrying. Yeah. As as someone that's that's gay, I don't particularly like the. You know, that makes me very uh, concerned. Um, that the the simple idea of having um someone that may not come from you know the most common mainstream version of your gender identity, sexuality, what have you, is reason enough to just not like that that property and not give it a go that's a little disappointing yeah unfortunately there is a small subset of people out there who do think that way uh right through to this day fortunately the go woke go broke thing is all complete utter bullshit like they call disney woke uh even though you know they remove black characters from the posters <laughs> when they're showing movies in china and stuff like that um which so it doesn't make sense. They're not even woke, but regardless, in the live action, um, Pinocchio is woke. What? <laughs> what? I don't know, but I don't know. But that was just the most bonkers thing that I'd ever seen on TV, and um, <laughs> it was an insane performance. I yeah, it's 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 yeah. all bullshit. All, all all the any companies that do do the pandering stuff they all make tons of money they they they're not going broke and and I argue any of these massive corporations aren't woke anyway like you're telling me Nike's woke because they put a black square as their display picture when they've got like literal children making their shoes and shit it's yeah ridiculous it's dumb but whatever people are dumb but you know what isn't dumb We've gone really political in this segment. I don't even know Ooh. if we... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, you know what isn't dumb, Lockie? Red Dead Redemption 1. That game is fucking fantastic. And I've got a little bit of news about it. This comes out of Gamatsu's, written by Sal Romano. 
The Game Rating and Administration Committee of Korea published a new rating for Red Dead Redemption on June 15th. The new rating carries a classification number... Oh, I'm reading that. In Korea, game ratings with NV refers to console games, while NP refers to PC games, though the rating does not exclude the existence of a PC version and vice versa. So, basically what that's saying is we might be getting a new version of Red Dead Redemption. Now, we have no news on this. We don't know if this will be a remaster or if this will be a straight port, but people who are familiar with Red Dead Redemption will know it's kind of a little bit stranded as far as games go. I don't think it was ever ported to PC, and it was on the PS3, Xbox 360 generation. Now, Aaron, I'm sure you're sitting there yelling at your speakers right now being like, I can play this in backwards compatibility because Xbox is better. Yeah, great. Xbox players could still play this. But for PlayStation plebs like me, I haven't been able to play this for years (laughs) at this point because it's stuck on the PS3 and it has such different architecture on the PS3 that they very rarely ever port anything over. So yeah, I'm super excited to know I might be able to replay this game. I haven't played it for like over a decade it's one of my favorite games of all time give me some red dead redemption Lockie, do you want some red dead redemption um look i loved red dead one that was uh, between the two games um gameplay wise red dead one was perfection that was chef's mm. kiss uh, it, the movement felt so good um he, he that cowboy had a pep in his step he didn't have the the lurching re- hyper realistic um arthritic Arthur Morgan movements to everything <laughs> where like you just knew that guy had terrible terrible joint pain and that's why everything was slow and laborious to to sort of manage that so I understand my that, ankles but Dutch yeah exactly my ankles are sore Dutch you have to trust me Arthur <laughs> you gotta work through the pain <laughs> it'll feel better it gets the blood flowing <laughs> it helps with your pain management <laughs> trust me. Um, yeah, it's it's remarkable. So I, I, you know, I'm all for sort of a, a remaster, a remake, so it's playable, looks nice on on modern TVs. If the PS5 is even capable of that, I don't think it is. <laughs> um, but it is, yeah, it, it's a fantastic game, and it it deserves um, love for anyone that either remembers it or is curious about it. Um, if they liked Red Dead Redemption 2 and thought maybe this doesn't need to have hyper-realism in every single fucking action and movement and picking up items. Well, Red Dead Redemption 1 didn't have any of that bullshit and it was an mm. amazing fucking game. Yeah, I you, you spoke my mind, Lockie. Like, I, I love Red Dead 2. I thought it was excellent. Um, mm. But yeah, those... <laughs> Those controls are fucking cumbersome, that is for sure. Uh, yeah, the the character moves like he is in waist-high swamp water at all points. Um, yep. But s- still a fantastic game. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption 1 so good. And all that ending. Oh, one of the best video game endings of all time. Mm. So, so fucking yep. good. Now, there's another game we're about to talk about that doesn't even have an ending. Ooh, Among Us. <laughs> You remember Among Us, Lockie? Big thing back in 2020? Oh, that's the sus game, right? Yeah. Alexandria yeah. Ocasio-Cortez played it with a bunch Who? of people on, on Twitch. Who the hell oh, is she's that? A politician <laughs> in the in the, in the the States. Oh, oh okay, right. 
We're going political once again. Oh, goodness. This is a very political episode. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. Now, We're having us- a real mask off. Um, complete leftist. <laughs> we, we are leftist cuck media in this episode. Can- completely. This is our coming out as, as left wing, Lockie. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> now, Among Us <laughs> is getting an animated series adaption at Paramount Plus. Yeah. Among Us TV show. They're making a TV <laughs> show out of Among Us. Lockie, oh. you're clearly going to be sitting there launch, on the series launch watching that, right? You must be super pumped to know you're getting an Among Us TV show. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The movie, The Thing. I loved The Thing. It's one of my favourite movies of all time. Who directed it? Was it James Cameron? No, 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 no. Fuck. Who was uh, it? The body horror guy. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. It's somebody. Oh. It's somebody big and great. Oh, I need to look it up because it's gonna uh, piss me off. The body yeah. horror dude. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, mm. or is it John Carpenter? John Carpenter. John, John there you Carpenter. go. John Carpenter. He's not the body horror the guy. I was thinking fucking of, thing. If they are able to pull off even a tenth of what that movie brings in working through who's the imposter with um, shape shifting morphing alien murderer then I am all in because that is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I absolutely love the whole existential psychological horror approach of, first of all, you got your whodunit component and whodunits are always fun. I like whodunits. Um, and then you have crazy sci-fi alien body gory whore. Brilliant. The, that is my idea of an excellent weekend so, yeah, I've talked myself into it. Initially, I cringed, but now I've talked myself into it in the concept. Well, you know, the, 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 the director I was actually thinking of was David Cronenberg, but he didn't direct uh, the thing. He did, like, the fly and scanners and shit like that. But when I think body horror, I, I think David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're, you're spot on. Cronenberg did a lot of the crazy-ass body horror. Yeah. The thing dabbled into it. The thing yeah. was like... I'm, yeah, so good. Poorly yeah. received on um on release. It's only yeah, in f- cult following down the line that people have recognised it for the absolute genius that it was. Yeah, Kurt Russell. And just c- coincidentally enough, Kurt Russell will be playing the main Am- Amogus character in the Among Us TV series. You're- so that's a weird. No, no, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> You had me going there. You had me. Would it, would, wouldn't that have been perfect? So, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm He there couldn't with play you. the I main can... character, but he could play, like, the grizzled, like, oh, I've seen some shit. I, I, but I'm right there with you. I'm just going to assume you don't give a fuck because neither do I. And we're talking about the thing right now and directors of movies that have nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's like the Emoji movie. It's It's like, why? It's just a blank slate. That they're going to somehow make into something. I, I don't know. Look, if they've got someone good behind it, maybe they can just, you know, use it as a vehicle to get whatever weird and wacky ideas they've been yeah. trying to get made made. But yeah, it's like like anything, it's it's <laughs> like any of these weird ones, it's something that I think is a good idea to wait and see. I saw it, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Sweet Tooth. The um the the uh, bloody what's it called? Not I saw the first Sweet- season of Sweet Tooth. 
No, not Sweet Tooth. The trailer for fuck, who's Sweet Tooth from? Fucking hell. I was gonna say because ah. Sweet Tooth, uh, Sweet Tooth had promise, but it it was actually I think the first episode I was very intrigued, and then it just was a big bland wet fart of. Oh, we we want to deal with dark, heavy content, but we also want to keep like a PG rating on this thing. Yeah, no, I was talking about um Twisted Metal, the TV show. It's coming out soon, and oh my god, the most recent trailer was really, really, really bad. Um, we we, oh, no. we we are in a golden age for gaming content right now, though. Like we're getting more. <laughs> are we? Because we're just talking about TV shows now. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But we get we're getting more. Like Content. gaming TV shows and movies than we ever have before, and some of them aren't too bad. We got some like decent enough quality stuff out there. The Last of Us HBO show, um, The Witcher show as well. There's probably more I'm not thinking of right now. <laughs> you got the Mario <laughs> movie. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's good. I like the Peaches mm. song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jack Black's in it, so it can't be bad. There That's true. You. Go, but look, you're you're right, Lockie. We keep talking about TV shows. Let's talk about some fucking video games. It's time to talk about the games that are coming to Game Pass in July. We have Arcade Paradise coming July third to console and PC. Sword and Fairy Together Forever coming July sixth <laughs> to console oh and PC. And Exo Primal coming July fourteenth just to console. It's all just JRPG shovel where. Because um, off the back of the Final Fantasy release, right? Hmm, Sword and Fairy. You think that sounds like JRPG stuff? Well, with with the fucking sentence attached to the title after that, right? Yeah, no, nah, you're absolutely right, Lockie. It yeah. is <laughs> yeah. JRPG stuff. But yeah. come on, man. It's like peanut butter and, and chocolate. Like, we've been waiting for Swords and Fairies to combine... All these years and now finally we get a game where we can do some... It's like a title that was generated by an AI that was just trying to search for any any generic thing that didn't already have a copyright to it and then had on a whole bunch of nonsensical bullshit at the end. (laughs) Done. JRPG, put it up on the store. I don't know, charge 30 to 40 bucks for it. It'll have absolutely nothing in there. We'll trick a few rubes, make a few... Dollary dues. It's probably a company that like. There's probably a company that just like release that owns and releases like ninety percent of all the shovelware bullshit on all of these game stores. It's just a one company. That's my theory. This is a theory. Well, at least it's a, a, <laughs> a game theory. theory. At least it's a, uh, a, a game pass game. So at the very least, if you're intrigued by the idea of fairies that also have swords, you can play it. For the cost of Game Pass or, you know, with no cost if you've already paid for Game Pass. Well, this is the thing. Fairies are meant to be magical. I, I don't, they shouldn't have a sword. This is the this is like Galadriel with the fucking sword. Um, she was a sorceress. She like she had badass magic shit going on. Don't give her a sword. That's like I don't know, that's like giving a soldier a toothpick. You know, it's it's like downplaying their abilities. Magic is actually way more interesting. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Be gone. Well, I think pe- people might actually find Arcade Paradise interesting. Actually, it's it's one that I'm definitely going to message Aaron about because this sounds like it's right up his alley. Now, it's apparently it's a 90s fueled retro arcade adventure and rather th- rather than washing rags for a living, you decide to turn the family laundromat 
into the Ultimate Arcade. Play, profit, and purchase new arcade machines with over 35 to choose from to build your very own arcade paradise. I could see retro gamers being very interested in that. Sounds like just just pure nostalgia, just going directly into your veins. And Exoprimal, that's the dinosaurs fall from the sky cloudy with a oh. chance of dinosaurs game yeah where you shoot the shoot the dinosaurs that come out of the portal in the sky <sighs> yeah yeah look yeah, yeah no nah, i'm not interested in that game but perfect game pass game for people who want to check it out that's what i'm what i'm, what I'm a thinking but the ps plus games for july maybe these will be a bit more interesting for you lucky call of duty black ops cold war it's going to be one of the games. Alan Wake Remastered and Endling Extinction is Forever. Endling. Endling. Ugh, I hate the way that words like feels in your mouth to say. Endling. Endling. Ugh, not into it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Are you into any of those titles though, Lockie? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. All right. I'll... <laughs> play call of duty black ops cold war just because it's free and the single player campaigns in those are usually like you know there's usually a bit of fun it's like five hours of just crazy bullshit going on i have I'll, a theory or i i have a thought that i'd like to just throw out there was mm. game pass a mistake for the overall quality of games i i, th- I think these quality of games have been getting made anyway it's just now they've got a different vehicle to be given to us to if that if that makes sense i i I think it's a great service Mm. um yeah if you want to try these games and you're unsure about them i think that's fantastic i know me personally i'm i'm very skeptical when it comes to uh, like a lot of these double a or even indie titles sometimes, um, you can't always rely on reviews. At least you have mm. a way to, you know, if you already have Game Pass, you have a way to play stuff and give it a try. Like, I've, I've definitely tried a lot more games than ever since I've had Game Pass. I've picked up shit just because it's there. Yeah. Or, you know, th- things like um, Hi-Fi Rush. I probably wouldn't have picked up Hi-Fi Rush unless it was on Game Pass. And I'm glad I played that. I it, That's true. But I, I, I also feel like, you know... Demos have existed before where you could get a you could try before you buy with those sort of mm-hmm. games and, and a game like um Hi-Fi Rush would have benefited from just as well from I would argue a, a demo system where people can get a feel for it and go, Oh damn, this is actually quality. Um yeah, toe tapping, goodness. All right, I'll purchase it. Um yeah. whereas most of these other games that I'm seeing that are getting put onto the Game Pass store, I've played it. And I thought to myself, well, that was a massive waste of time and I would not purchase it. And so that's where I'm sort of, you know, from a consumer perspective, it's great because you don't, you're in theory getting more bang for your buck. But I don't know if it's, if it's just starting to become an excuse for shitty games to exist. (laughs) If that makes sense. It's like becoming like, uh, oh, we've got a, we've got a shithouse product like Gollum but we'll release it anyway and we'll strike up some sort of deal with Microsoft because they need to get X amount of games onto their fucking Game Pass to justify their apparently incredible library and value. The Lord of the Rings Golem is not available on Game Pass. <laughs> no, it's not. But, 
would have been a perfect game. It pass should game, be. Though. You're right. It should be. It. it I don't under- like everything else about Gollum. Um, missteps along the way at every single turn. Um, they should have been well aware that this should be a Game Pass exclusive game. I Microsoft a, probably a- said. Microsoft probably said, "Look, we we can put you on Game Pass, but you're going to actually have to pay us a return to for us to have it on Game Pass because that's how fucking terrible it is." I work at a store what sells video games, and there, Gollum is already down to half price. It only came out a little over a month ago or less than a month ago, right? It's like nearly a month now. Oh, no, yeah, a little over a month at this point. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that very rarely ever happens. Uh, brand new titles getting cut that much, well, especially for, in the AAA. First Spoken, Spoken got cut pretty quickly yep. after release yep. as well. So, yeah, so Gollum's in uh, in good company. Yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, so yeah, just really quickly, Forspoken's better um, than Gollum, though. Forspoken, with all of its shortcomings, is better. Yeah, of course. Forspoken was like a six out of ten, and Gollum was like a two. So you're yeah. right. <laughs> you're not wrong, Lockie. Now, I, I did mention one of the PS Plus games is Alan Wake Remastered. But I I tried it out last year. wasn't for me, but for people who are pump for alan wake 2 perfect way to replay the game before you play the next one so you know ps plus i think 11.95 for the the low the cheapest tier that's a good price to pay for alan wake remastered if you're interested in trying it out before the second one comes out but it's time to talk about the games that are coming up in the next week we have gimmick with an exclamation point Special edition coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch July 6th. Guilt with a Y <laughs> coming, to, coming July 6th as well <laughs> to PS5, Ooh, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Scarf. Is that how you spell Scarf? S C A R F? E at the end. Okay, so it's just another weird. What's with the fucking weird spellings of shit in this? week's games scarf shovel, the shovel oh my god and the legend of heroes colon trails into reverie <laughs> shovel 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 the legend the generic <laughs> of generic colon generic 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 yeah. shovelware got it yeah we are in that time of year where it's yeah all the shovelware all the jrpgs it's yeah not 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 going to be for another few weeks that we're going to start getting a lot of the big titles coming out but yeah, I know, Lockie, yeah, I'm guessing nothing there interests you, because... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was really shovel. interested in that Legend of Zelda, colon, the Zelda Awakening Chronicles. <laughs> that was good. I'm, I'm excited about that next Zelda game coming up. You know what? It would be funny if that was actually, like, um, that game that that I'm taking a massive shit on is, is this AAA... Um, you know, absolute love letter to the fans sort of game being backed by, um, I don't know, let's say Obsidian or something, and it's this incredible adventure, and then they just gave it the most generic poison title on the planet. Honestly, like, the Xenoblade Chronicles games, I guess they're just one, two, and three, aren't they? But if I just hear Xenoblade Chronicles, in my mind, I go, oh yeah, shovelware. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, like, well, you know, yeah. Okay, you, but you, they they earned they earned recognition through that first one. So I would yeah. probably agree with you if I saw if I heard that 
if I saw a colon after Xenoblade Chronicles, then I would immediately, um, brain would go shovelware. I think mm. it's because they restrained themselves to two words. Don't have a fucking paragraph in your title, video game <laughs> marketing people. <laughs> well, that'll do us for the games coming up in the next week. It's time to talk about the games that we've been playing. Lockie, we don't have a guest this week, so technically you are our guest, and it's traditional news to reviews for our guests to get us kicked off with impressions. What are you playing, my friend? Darn it, you got me. You fucking (laughs) cornered me. All right, so what have I been playing? Well- to be honest, I've been playing a shit ton of Final Fantasy because that's what released last week. But Ow! what I'm going to be talking about, because we're saving that gem for next week so I can finish it. Mm. Very interesting game. I have lots and lots and lots of thoughts on that one. Is a game that I don't have that many thoughts on. <laughs> Diablo 4. Now, I'm so curious about this, Lockie, because... I know what it was about it. It came out and it kind of... It seemed huge at the time. But mm. then I felt like I feel like a week later, no one was talking about it already, and yeah. and I believe you didn't find it compelling enough to finish. Is that correct? That's the thing. Yes, yeah, staying power. Staying power is 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 a major issue with this game. Um, I think I will go back to it. I think I just sort of. Uh, it, it's the type of game where um, you immediately you are hooked. Um, it has yeah. a really strong start. Uh, interesting world, um, sort of this open world map design, which is a little bit different from previous Diablo installments. And so you Ooh, go- yeah, sorry, re- really quickly, can yeah. you just like real quickly sum up what, what kind of game Diablo is? Top, All right, top they, down, whatever, whatever, right? That's right, yeah. Top top down, whatever is is um, the, the, the <laughs> standard that Blizzard has agreed to in all of their marketing, the top down, whatever. <laughs> it's a hack and slash top down isometric adventure type game. You okay. are pointing and clicking or if you have a controller like me, uh, you are spamming very similar button sets most of the time and occasionally dodging to avoid enemy t- uh, enemy attacks but you really only do that for your bosses and then the rest is sort of item management so you're it, it's a loot loot adventure you're looking for those next shiny items you're looking for certain mm. colors that all have all the the good stats that'll make your character stronger um and there's there's a lot to it it is a very it's similar in certain ways to Diablo 3, and it has similarities in certain ways to Diablo 2, where you could very much feel thematically they were trying to find a balance between the two because they understood from their fan feedback that people absolutely adored 2, people adored the inventory management system in that. So they tried to make a best-of-both-worlds scenario, and in certain ways I think they did a good job in and in other ways i think they abysmally failed and missed the point entirely but we'll get into that later so you mentioned it's a it's a looter whatever hack and slash hack Hack and slash slash. now you you point and click you have your main attack and then you develop skills through a tech tree um which depending on your character and class that you choose i chose the druid because i like my big beefy druid boy 
and he casts storm magic, which is bloody neat. Yes, so there's a lot of like you know waiting for your special to recharge, right, and then launching your special kind of a thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's reminiscent of that. It doesn't have a cooldown in the same way that other. Oh, it does have a cooldown for some abilities, but it, what it does, and this is the same thing that they did in Diablo Three, is what's called like a resource management system where you have your uh, basic attack and you use that to basically generate your mana or magic to then be able to utilize your skills. So most mm. of the time you're using your basic attack, which does dickle damage after a while, um, and it's just purely there to generate the ability to pull off your fancy, flashy, damage-dealing moves. Um, okay. Yeah, it, and I have mixed feelings about that because what I, I personally really loved the potion system in Diablo 2 where if you choose to play someone that casts a lot of spells, you just make sure you stock up a shit ton of mana potions, you have your finger um, hovering over whatever hotkey you have assigned to that, and you go. You go ham, you play your sorcerer. Whereas with this, you're kind of playing in a very similar way with all of your characters, regardless of what it is they do and what it is they focus on. Now, you have certain classes that focus more on dealing damage versus you have other classes that are more focused on utility. If, for example, because the game does have a multiplayer live aspect to it, uh, if you're in a team or a party or a multiplayer event where you're just um, in the same world as other people on the server, uh, there might be different things that you might add to that battle um for example buffing your team or what have you ah, now i brought up <laughs> loot before but i i got sidetracked because adhd brain mm-hmm. um now i've played looters loot based games before like i you know love me some borderlands destiny that kind of stuff now, in these games that are so heavily based around the loot, if you don't have good loot, it can really affect your experience. I remember Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, the loot was awful, and mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely took my review score down a few points. How do they handle the loot in Diablo 4? Are you excited to see <laughs> what comes popping out when you kill those bosses, or is it kind of like, eh? You're excited in the first, I would say hour to two hours and then you realize there's a there's a, a roof pretty quickly in oh. the types of loot that you come across and see oh. um i've heard that the game o- opens up and after you get legendaries there is one final item category but it's like a post-game content so i haven't mm. gotten there yet because i actually haven't finished the story on this one um mm. it's it's not even at the level of Tiny Tina's in terms of versatility, customization, even interest. And this is one of the things what? that- Yeah, it, 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 they do some things very, they do some things right, which keeps, makes it very interesting in the beginning, but then you realize it doesn't have much staying power. So you, mm. you will be looking for the same sort of stats to roll in your higher level items when they drop. And you will be um, discarding a lot. There's a lot of bullshit and your 
inner cycle where you're constantly going through dungeons or areas or what have you, picking up up to, I believe, 30 items at a time, which in a game like this where drops are plentiful, that low number gets quite frustrating. And you're constantly going back to your town center to um, either sell them for more gold or to strip them down for salvage items, which allows you to potentially do a few mods to your few good items that you have and rinse and repeat. Um, even in Tiny Tina's Adventure, you had a store that had random rerolls where you could get potentially amazing items through it. You don't even have that. Um, they have the stores, but they're always stocked with shitty items. Very early on, uh, you you surpass what it is the store has to offer, and it always stays at that sort of level of generic items. So there, there's so much that could be done in this game to make it better with even minor tweaking with how they design their overall grind because the game is a grind. And I think you can have grindy games out there and, and this is where Diablo 2 did it great is you need to have enough variety in your in your builds and customization options to shake things up frequently in order to justify that grind. And you need to have enough customization and upgrades that sort of keep you going where you're like okay i'm a little bit bored at the moment but i can see this this part of the skill trees grayed out and i really want to get to this point to see what that does and how it changes mm. things up you don't get much of that they do try to have a skill tree in the game for each of their characters um and for the druid i i enjoyed the crap out of it to begin with initially but then i found there wasn't much depth to it after a while and yeah, I, f- I feel like with games like this, yeah. it's all about how the different classes interact with one e- one another. If the mm. skills aren't that amazing and the characters don't play that differently, it, it seems like a big failure on, on Blizzard's behalf. I'm not surprised that you noped out earlier because the things that keep you coming back and keeps pulling you through everything is the progression. And if the loot's not there and the skill trees aren't, top tier aren't amazing then mm. i can totally understand why you'd be get bored of that you want to you want to see your character evolve and start doing some cool shit throughout your, your play yeah and they do and it's not to say that they don't they have a tech tree but it's just it it doesn't feel like quite enough and it's one mm. of those things where um look when i when i picked up the game i the game got a good 20 hours out of me first to begin with where i was completely hooked and in that grind but then after a while once i'd explored through the world and i sort of got a sense of what the world had to offer um because it has gorgeous environments and biomes um really really great stuff environmentally in that game that i enjoyed there wasn't much under the surface and so for players where you're looking for complexity and challenge, the challenge is is pretty much gone uh, once you start customizing and specking your weapons the way that the game tells you to do so, essentially. Um, yeah. So once you follow the game mechanics of that customization, you're basically one-shotting everything across the board, and that can only stay interesting for so long where you mm. go, that's... You know, that you feel like a god, but then you're like, okay, uh, I'm as strong as can be, so now I guess I should probably just go back to the story. Problem is, the story's really long, and it probably doesn't need to be as long as it as it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fluff in the acts. So it's one of those things where uh, the game gives you, I believe, six acts to get through, which is more acts than any other Diablo game has had before. But two or three of those acts are more or less the same sort of message that, that gives you a chance to sort of go on a little side quest to, side questy adventure with a main character that they want to sort of showcase but it doesn't really add to the plot or move anything forward in any meaningful way so you have your really big interesting story pieces where you have your big questions set up in act one and act two then a whole bunch of bullshit and you know a bit of fluff here and there in between and then basically the final act can could just continue on from as an act three from number two and you would have absolutely nothing lost or gained if you um yeah. were to, to cut out that. So to me, that feels like fluff. Um, and I think those sort of moments would, they feel very side quest stories. I, th- I think in video games like this, there's a real issue and it actually bleeds into Final Fantasy as well. Um, but I'll get into that and I'll cover that next week. Is that uh, game developers know that, that people don't pay much attention to side quests um on average and so they've given up even trying to make them even barely interesting at all it's all just constant fetch quests and to see and to basically get some sort of um larger scale reward so you do it because you know if you don't you're not going to be able to get the big big shiny sword at the end of the game so you put yourself through hours of monotony um, I don't know. I, I I was playing through these those acts, and I was thinking to myself, these would be better served as side content, optional if the players want to learn more about the different characters and and you know for the big set piece. But they don't actually add to the main story in any meaningful way. It's but more instead, just it yeah. gives you something to do while you're grinding yeah. away at those levels, I guess. It gives you a slightly higher quality story than you get from the actual side quests in the game, which are just bare bones. You have the occasional really, oh, shit, this is this is a kind of interesting story. I like this character, but it's few and far between. You get one of those for every fucking 50 out there. And, yeah, it's one of those things where you're noticing a lot more that... These stories that have been that probably were intended to be side quests initially were elevated into the main story arc to puff it up and make it seem like the game has more to offer than it really did. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just That's- an observation. I've noticed that the I, I think the the issue behind that is time, money, effort expended mm-hmm. into these side quests. If if ninety percent of your player base aren't even playing it and paying attention to it. Why would you invest all this time and effort into giving it a decent story and but, animation? Yeah, but but then also, you know, it, it's it's like the chicken or the egg situation. If there were good side quests out there, would the players then engage with them? I know games 100%. like The Witcher Three or the Horizon Zero mm-hmm. Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West games. If yep. I hadn't have done the side quests in those, I would have been missing out on so much like they they give so much color and 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 vibrance to the universe and Mm -hmm. and that's what good side quests should do you should feel like you're missing out if you don't do them so that's that's super disappointing to hear that like especially for a game that that, like these games historically have been ones that people spend hundreds of hours playing right that's the the idea behind these you just keep looting and building up your character and starting again right like doing go the next world tier or whatever 
if you don't have good side quests for people to do whilst they're grinding away, then yeah, it's uh, incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Sorry to hear that. No, no, um, that's all right. Um, but yeah, it. I, I think you made a great point. If they did, if games invested more in quality side quest contents, people wouldn't just skip through everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It, I think it's very much a symptom of that. You know, low effort coming from developers that have trained us to see these things as. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they they only need to be fetch quests because they have a bit of dialogue that tells us about the world. That's all they need to be. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's minimum viable product talk, but minimum viable product doesn't mean a quality experience for the consumer. It means actually the opposite of that, um, yeah. which we shouldn't be defending really. But yeah, mm. I've noticed when I look at that sort of shit online, I notice a lot of people, if they like the overall product, they don't want to see, you know, potentially that product getting lower sales and not being able to produce new content. So people are very defensive of those areas. But that's one particular point where I'm like, why are you defending that? Why are you defending that it is a low effort part of the game. I would want to criticize that, but talk up the good parts so that people are still encouraged to play it, but it gives the developers enough feedback to know that that's something they should probably work on in that sequel. Otherwise, you're going to get the same fucking thing. Yeah, I've played so many games over the last five, six years that have really, really good side quests, you know, ones where you'll start them and all of a sudden it turns into this more sprawling story and you're like, oh, yeah. shit, I could have I could have missed this entirely. But I remember mm. playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and holy shit, the side quests in that. I'd been so... I've been sort of trained over those last few years to just do all the side quests and make sure I get every piece of content. But it, yeah. they were so bad in Final Fa- Fantasy VII Remake. I, I got like so many chapters in. I'm like, I can't do these side quests anymore because they're so shit. It's just like, go track down these five cats and then tell the little girl you found the five cats. Yeah. And they just... There's a bit of dialogue. That's it. It's the most boring shit. Barely gives you any sort of look into the world that these characters are living in. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. You need good side uh, quests in oh, your oh, content, peeps. Little bit of a sneak peek for next week. Um, oh. Yeah, you're gonna get that same sort of fucking experience in the new <laughs> sixteen. It's, it's a real problem. Oh dear. So, who, who would you would you recommend Diablo Four? And if so, who would you recommend it to? All right, here's the thing, and I I still recommend the game because um I, I've been be- I've been very critical on it for the reason that I thoroughly enjoyed three for what it was. Two was my absolute favorite, and the remaster was just reminding me of why it is my absolute favorite. So, um, all the positive points of this game. This game is gorgeous. It's a really nice to to look at game. It is fun to play for a decent period of time. It is enjoyable playing around and mixing and matching with your um, tech trees and your different items. It's just there's a roof to this thing and it doesn't and it doesn't hold your interest for as long as you'd probably hope for this game. It didn't hold my interest for long enough for me to even get through the main storyline. And I think it's because it has a lot of moments that drag down the story and, and draw everything out um, unnecessarily. Um, I, I think the game genuinely should have been, um, 
streamlined a little bit more in its pacing across the board to be a smaller scale experience and people would have been happier with that because it would have been it would have felt a lot more punchy impactful there really wasn't enough to be this fucking 50 to 100 hour gaming experience Mm. or at least there's not enough there currently but you feel it um yeah it reminds me of the lord of the rings um bilbo thing where he says um, you know, without the or with the ring for so long, he feels like butter spread over too much bread. Um, very much, very much like that. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. I absolutely adore the artistic direction. I think the main antagonist, um, or or you know, plot point uh, f- focusing around Lilith is really interesting and one of the things they do absolutely amazingly is their cut scenes and cinematics um where they do interesting camera work um it's more in the earlier parts of the game so you really notice that where all their cool amazing shit they really throw at you at the beginning so they really set your expectations high but they're not able to uh, sustain it for a long part of that game um so you'll get few and far between cool moments like that later down the line and that's where you're like well you know amazing start but my expectations are up here and you you just never get back to that level again um did a ubisoft yeah Yeah, it's a ubisoft it's it's a common it's a common game trickery thing where they're like they want a strong start strong ending can't figure out what to do with the middle what does it matter recency bias am i right and Mm. so yeah, I guess I guess I'm getting frustrated with that because I'm very conscious of um, the in between to get from beginning to end. When you've got these larger scale games, if you don't put in enough in there, it's like for fuck's sake, just cut it all out. Fair enough, my friend. Well, anyway, sorry. Yeah, to no. answer your question, oh, um, yeah. yep. To answer your question, I would recommend this game to um, people that liked. <laughs> the original Diablos, I would still recommend it to Diablo players because you are still getting fundamentally a Diablo experience. Visually, in the customization and item um, setting, they haven't changed barely at all from number three. So if you really liked number three, you'll still like this for what it is, but you won't feel that level of streamlined polish that they had in number three, particularly with all of their acts going from beginning to end. So I'd say number three was a better game in that respect, but I absolutely adore the art style and direction that they're going in, which feels a lot more like number two, which is very dark, very gooey and bloody. And um, you have a couple of main characters in there that are absolutely stellar performances. The Lorath character is, is, goat i can't i couldn't for the life of me remember any characters from number three whereas laura oh. will stick with me through this one i like that there's a lorax in there a bit of a dr zeus crossover oh, that's great <laughs> lorax. yeah so yeah look it's the it, trees yeah i i, I I would say in it's still a quality product for what it is. It's still worth a pickup if you like those types of games. Probably lower your expectations. You're going to be playing mm, a six to seven in experience in gameplay um, and an eight in overall polish and well design. So it's got its highs and lows. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride with this one. Fair enough. Anything left to say on Diablo 4? Ah. Solid game. Decent. 
lot of problems, lot of problems that I would love to see them iron out in a follow-up release. Um, but it wasn't a bad game. It's not where I'd say, yep, franchise is dead. I'd say they've taken a couple of really great steps in the right direction, but also they've done, <laughs> in some moments, they didn't move at all from number three and they just sort of copied and pasted a lot of it into there, which needed some refining. Fair enough. Now, I haven't finished humanity yet so no review score there i've been i've continued this weird tradition i've started of platinuming games that may not be the best of titles in that i've got the platinum for watchdogs legion now i'm not going to get into personally watchdogs i'm glad legion. that you're not done with humanity <laughs> no, humanity can continue to exist as far as i'm concerned for the time in being oh my now, god i'll just quickly mention fuck you ubisoft how have you not fixed the trophies for this game? It came out three years ago, for fuck's sake. So, in Watch Dogs Legion, Lockie, you can recruit any character in the game and you end up with, like, a whole team of people with different attributes and blah, 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 blah. And there are collectibles in the game. There are, there are points where you can drink a pint of lager, play a game of darts, and put up some graffiti and you have to do all of these in order to get the platinum there's a a separate trophy for each of these okay now you can go through all of these right i went through every single one of them did them all and the trophy didn't pop i'm like well that's a little bit weird why this trophy not pop so in this game where the whole conceit of the entire game is that you get to play as all of these different characters if you do not do all of these different points with the same character, the trophy won't pop for you. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I had to redo every single one of them <laughs> with the same character because I'd gone through with different ones because why wouldn't you think you could do that? It, like, leaves the point ticked like it's been done, yet it mm. won't register because you didn't do it with the same fucking character. Oh! This is just the this is just the brain broken bullshit I got to deal with when it comes to doing platinum trophies. So this is this so is how not much time affect. did that set you back? Oh, probably a good to get all of those again. It was probably a good like two to three hours. It was mm. not a short amount of time. So Wonderful. that's time I'll never yeah. get back. You know, one day if I if I have children, um, you know, and I I miss their piano recital by three hours, I'll say to them, well, you know what? That's because dad. Decided to platinum Watchdogs Legion fifteen years ago, so wow. you can blame Ubisoft for that. Yeah, so you're just throwing all of these game, these negative experiences before your children under the bus, and that's your excuse <laughs> for just I don't know being an absent father. Yes, exactly right. Oh dear. <laughs> but that'll do us for news to reviews for another week. I really just wanted to get that off my chest before the end of the show because it pissed me off. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I play the I play the piano, um, so that actually felt really personal. I felt quite attacked <laughs> with that. Oh, sorry that your dad didn't make it to your recital, Lockie. He should have been there. <laughs> he should have been there. He shouldn't have it, been playing Watchdogs Legion. That is not good parenting. It hurts to this very day. No, the devastating thing is he wasn't even playing video games. Oh. Oh, no. Well, if he was going to miss your piano recital, I hope that he did it because he was leaving a rating or review for our <laughs> podcast. I doubt Beautiful. it because it didn't exist back then. Beautiful. <laughs> but if, if you would like to make Lockie feel better about his 
dad missing his piano recital. Please leave <laughs> us a rating or a review. Wherever you happen to listen to News to Reviews, it is the best way you can help us get into the ears of more peeps out there. Lockie, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? Oh, look, uh, I've only got words of wisdom for, for the parents out there. If you've got a kid and you got, you know, you put them up to do some sort of concert, just fucking go to the concert. I know it's a miserable experience. I know they're probably not that good and you have to listen to every other parent's kids and you have to talk with the other parents and they're all fucking proud of their kids and it's fucking lame. I get it. Just do it. It means a lot to the kid. How many different versions of hot cross buns can you hear in one day, Lockie? <laughs> I know, but like, you know, they they remember. Let's put it that no. way. They remember. Nah, you're right. It, it, hot cross buns is the very least you can deal with <laughs> in order to be a parrot. That's for sure. This oh, is my therapy dear. hour. I'm just getting all of my... Um, <laughs> I'm dusting off all the cobwebs in my closet. I feel so... I, I feel like a burden's been lifted. I love it. I love it. If you want to feel like a burden has been lifted, follow this advice. Everyone out there, please take care of yourselves and take care of one another.